You're listening to Gospel Garage, sharing the good news of the gospel through the teachings of Jesus Christ, our Savior. There's absolutely just something about singing worship to God, isn't there? Sometimes it's loud and ruckus, rousing, graves into gardens. And sometimes it's just remembering who he is. We exalt you, God. That has been in my heart for weeks. We exalt thee. So beautiful. Just got some news just before we sat down here. And so my mind's racing with many things. And I guess a piece of it is that God, as he has his hand on my shoulder, just reminding me that every environment we step in throughout the day, our kitchen in the morning with family or alone in the kitchen, our workplace, co-workers, or if you're at a place like me, we have people come in throughout the day that are regulars. The grocery store lineup, I mean, it is endless, the environment that God puts us in. And this message is super relevant, as always, because it's God. But the news we've had was there was an acquaintance friend, I would say acquaintance, same age as our kids, so under 30. We've just gotten news this morning that he passed away. And he was a man that struggled and a man that God reminded me always that behind that countenance of strength, maybe aggression at times, that he was loved like every one of us is loved. And he made choices and did things that shouldn't have been done possibly. I don't know that side of it. I do know that my interactions with him a few times a week would be filled with God's grace and filled with an understanding that didn't come from me in the flesh, but was Holy Spirit sitting with us. You know, he'd come into the gym to work out and be distraught and distressed about things he had done, places he'd been, always feeling wasn't worthy of God, but always would talk about that. And it's a reminder to be bold and we can't always be bold. And it's not that you're bold about your love of Jesus in front of every single person. You must pray and prayerfully approach each person as the individual that God created them to be. But in the reality too, is there are moments and people where you just know you have to be bold. And by the grace of God, I had many bold conversations with this person and I pray now that God's will was done, but I won't know until the end, will I? And we won't know who we meet or if we will be up there. We don't know any of it until the time comes, till God's time comes to call us home. But in the meantime, it is a reminder that some people just need that bit of grace in their lives. It doesn't matter what they've done. It's not for me to judge. I've done things that are terrible. And so I pray that any of those moments over the past two years, often weekly, um, and just spoke with them last week, actually, I just pray that those moments of Jesus in the conversation with us and those moments where I boldly shared Jesus and what he did for me to the very point of telling this person it's time to get a Bible and to get right. I pray that those moments took him home where he belongs, but 
it's God's will and it's between him and God, just like it's between our spouse and God, our child and God. So we are to be that light against what is arguing in our flesh, where we want to judge somebody for their looks. We want to judge somebody for their mistakes, their sin, their evil. Sometimes people are so far down the path of wrongs that they have done and also had done to themselves because of their lives that they don't feel they're worthy. And when they verbally even say to you, because not everybody admits that, but this boy did, where they don't feel worthy of God's love, a God they've never known, but they're wanting him and seeking him because aren't we all wanting and seeking peace and comfort and the truth that our souls hunger for because we are created in God's image and we are a piece of him. So we will always long for that and chase that. I'm very grateful, very grateful for moments like that. And I'm grateful that my eyes open up and my ears open up and my mouth shuts up enough to hear Holy Spirit reminding me who those people are, who we are, because we're those people too. We are not perfect. We are so far from it. The only thing we can perfectly do is seek after Jesus and implement him into our lives in every breath we take. It's amazing. God's amazing. It's amazing to me that um, I wrote tonight's message this week. But of course, it's fitting because God knows beforehand and after and 10 years ahead and 100 years ago. So it's amazing, isn't it, what he pours into us? Wow. God, we need your light to shine in our lives, overcoming the darkness, bringing us into greater clarity, understanding and truth. Please, please, please continue to illuminate the paths for us and remove all of the restrictions darkness brings. You are our vindicator. <laughs> yes, Lord. You will fight for your people because the battle is yours. We come humble before you, relying on your strength and power to keep going, to keep believing, and to dust off the evil residue of what the world accepts, God. The evil residue of what the world accepts. Only the blood of Jesus can wash it away. The attacks and destruction aim towards us. Help us keep our focus on you, Lord. Yes, on you, Lord. Oh my goodness, God, thank you. Thank you. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 1 through 12. Now, dear brothers and sisters, let us clarify some things about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and how we, we will be gathered to meet him. Don't be so easily shaken or alarmed by those who say that the day of the Lord has already begun. Don't believe them, even if they claim to have had a spiritual vision, a revelation, or a letter supposedly from us. Don't be fooled by what they say, for that day will not come until there is a great rebellion against God, and the man of lawlessness is revealed. The one who brings destruction will exalt itself and defy everything that people call God and every object of worship. It will even sit in the temple of God, claiming that it is God. Don't you remember that I told you about all of this when I was with you, and you know God is holding it back, for he can only be revealed when its time comes, for this lawlessness is already at work secretly, and it will remain secret until the one our God, who is holding it back, steps out of the way. Then the man of lawlessness will be revealed, but the Lord Jesus will slay it with the breath of his mouth and destroy it by the splendor of his coming. This man will come to do the work of Satan, 
with counterfeit power and signs and miracles. It will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would save them. So God will cause them to be greatly deceived and they will believe these lies. Then they will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing the truth. Heavy truth. Wait with God. Wait with God. He's right beside you. Stand with God. Stand with God. We all experience fear. I know that in one way or another. Like maybe you wake up in the early hours of the morning, right? Like I think we're facing a lot of this in many seasons. Remembering that there's bills to pay. Um, the empty bank account that's not going to pay those bills. Or maybe you're not sleeping much because you have a noise in the background in the parking lot that reminds you of a time your home was broken into. And that can be fearful. And then there's the fear that we have of what is to come. So those are like tangible fears. Then there's the fear of what's to come, an illness, the death of a loved one, being alone. There's so much that fear tries to manipulate its way into, isn't there? There's a different kind of fear too. Like many of us live with this nagging worry that what if people who knew who we really were inside? That's a paralyzing fear. Worrying that they'd be disappointed, they wouldn't like us, they'd shun us, they'd ostracize us. That's pretty fear mongering, isn't it? Or Fear binding almost, I guess, because it hangs around your ankle, holding you back from God. Carrying fear, it blinds us to our forgiving, loving, all-powerful God. And I think that's why we can seek comfort from the world. Things that appear tangible and within our control, we seek comfort in those things. It can be food, it can be drugs, it can be shopping, it can be spending. It could be choosing to just ignore the world and go off hiking by yourself every day and claiming that that's independence. I mean, there's all sorts of things, but wow, my friends, the very answer to fear less living is time spent with the Lord. Dwell in his place. Gaze upon his beauty in every circumstance because it's there if you look for it and inquire in his temple. Inquire, talk to him, talk to him, pray. What we long for most, what our souls are longing for most is Jesus. And in the midst of this fear-inducing turmoil of living life today, we need to be so near to God and know him. Really accept Jesus Christ as your living savior our risen Savior who conquered death and rose again. Accept him. And if you have accepted him and hold him in your heart, boldly step forth and share him with those around you. Mankind is on the journey home. We are. Salvation, it's up there. It's, it's in the horizon. And this is not our forever dwelling, is it? this dome that we live in called earth. And when nothing is making sense, which it's not right now, we are to trust that God is making sense. He is. And when we don't understand what's happening around the world, God does. Because I asked myself that question this week. Like, I am not understanding things. Some things are not adding up. And I feel like I'm seeing with eyes wide open and things are not adding up around us in many levels. Uh, so it's like, God, I don't understand what is happening. Like it is not making sense. There's no A, B, C, D. It's like A, G, F, Z, W, X. Like nothing is lined up. God understands it. God knows it. God even allows it. It's for his kingdom. It's his will be done. So we get to fellowship with Jesus through all of it, not rely on the world. 
I know, I know in my heart that I want his companionship through life's tribulations way more than I want my problems to be solved. If I can be really honest, and that sounds a bit weird, but I would much rather hang out with Jesus through every catastrophe, every celebration, than have them just disappear and not grow into who he wants me to grow into. I know that I need Jesus every single moment, every single moment. Because I can be super grumpy at somebody that I think has done something not the way that I would do it. Or I can be super um, sensitive to something that appears super evil and block out the goodness that might be within that evil instead of turning to God and saying, I'm sorry, God. Remove the cloud from my eyes so that I see the beauty and goodness in that person. That sort of goes back to what I just talked about this morning um, a few seconds ago about an acquaintance friend that has just passed away today and one time that he said to me that it was amazing that I spoke to him and wasn't scared of him and so we are all broken children of God's we are broken we are sinners we are good we are not good we are all things and so to get ourselves out of the way and our preconceived idea of self and to pour into someone else even by simply looking them in the eye and asking them how their day was and waiting for them to reply is beautiful and Jesus-like, isn't it? Psalm 27, 1 through 4. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Amen. Amen. We're feeling as if we are sunk, um, overwhelmed by the darkness that fear is bringing. We need to ask, our, ask ourselves, and we should ask ourselves this, what is it that our heart's desiring? Like, where's that fear coming from? Are we longing for a seat at the table with Jesus? Or are we desperately trying to find out, again, our own solutions of our own doing to problems that we're facing? And when our gaze is stolen away from the only one, who can save us, our heart and mind become so vulnerable and can be so muddied by angst and fear and that we can forget, but don't forget God. God alone is our light. He is our salvation, truly the stronghold. Read the Bible. God is our stronghold, our fortress. When our eyes are fixed on him right here beside us, right there beside you, wherever you're watching today or wherever you're listening throughout the week, when we realize that he is right there, we will not help but marvel at who he is and how we are able to stand on the firm foundation that his love, his grace provides, even while there are storms around us. Sometimes when I'm um, writing this, it feels like a cliche, but it isn't. It's God's truth. When our eyes are on Jesus, the perfecter of our faith, the living word, the living truth, hope alive, when our eyes are on him, all the storms around us just rage around us. It is an absolute truth. It's the reason that we get up in the morning and look out the window or get up in the morning and turn over the cover before you plant your feet on the ground. You say, thank you, God, for my sleep. Thank you, God, for waking me up. Thank you for whatever it is you're going to bring today. Prepare me for it. Prepare me for it. Daniel 6, Daniel 6, 7 through 10. 
the royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human during the next 30 days, except the majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered and place it with the law, which cannot be repealed. And so King Darius put the decree in writing. And when Daniel learned that the decree had been published that he was not allowed to pray, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. And three times a day, three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. So no matter what circumstance, he was praying and talking to God three times a day, once a day, ten times a day. But he kept his eyes on God, not on that circumstance. That must have been, you can't even imagine at those times. Maybe we can imagine because we're under a lot of restrictions that we were always very privileged in Canada to feel that we lived in a democratic society where we had the freedom of choice and freedom to do. And things are changing fast. And so you could kind of imagine what that must have been like. But he gave his thanks to God and prayed to him just as he had always done. Wow, thank you, God. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you for your word, man. It is teaching us, reminds us that for thousands of years, your people have gone before us, covered by your might, struggled, lost, won, stumbled, stood again. Daniel's calling was to stand so firm as an example, as a servant of the living God and give God the glory through a life of faith, a life of worship, a life of integrity. Daniel didn't need to confront the strongholds of the enemy that were attempting to attack him. They confronted Daniel because he lived in the power of Holy Spirit. That's amazing too. So when you stand strong for God, with integrity for God, trusting and loving God, giving God all of your problems, he does bolster you up and hold you up and Holy Spirit is right there with you. And then you stand strong because Jesus is victorious, isn't he? As God's servants, we too are called to stand firm and wait. You know, having done everything, we are to wait with God. That really caught me in my tracks this week. I think that's why we're going to call this message this week, wait, wait with God. Not wait for God because he's always there. God's waiting for us. But wait with God because the enemy of our souls wants to discourage us, wants us to, or opposite of discouragement, sometimes the enemy, enemy gives us these ideas and we just charge ahead without pausing and taking it to God first because it wants to harm us. It wants to discredit our journey for God's kingdom. It wants to get us off track. But when we wait with God as our friend, as our heavenly father, as our Lord of all things, as our risen savior, as our teacher, our advocate. If we wait with God, living in humility and true honest worship, man, we are provided a place to stand that no weapon of the enemy can penetrate. That's bewildering. And I know that I say man a lot because it's like, oh my goodness, God, I am blown away, astounded, dumbfounded, obviously not too speechless because I get my words muddled up. But wow, God, by your grace and the breath you breathe on your people, generation after generation. It's amazing, you know, and the lion's den wasn't a match for the presence of God, was it? The world is not a match for God. God is ever present. God has gifted humanity with choice. And so things happen at the hands of mankind. But God 
is everywhere and nothing is a match for God. And so Daniel's daily worship and thankful heart, they were so much stronger than the enemy's schemes too, right? And the schemes of the world because there was people involved in all of that. So we get to stand on Christ, the solid rock, and give glory to God through our very lives, our active worship, our interactions with others. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Galatians 5 verse 5. But we have the true hope that comes from being made right with God and by Holy Spirit. We wake eagerly for this hope. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, how we love you. Fill us with Holy Spirit's power this day to stand firm in worship, in faith, in prayer, in hope for your glory. Hope for your glory. John 4, 23 and 24. From now on, worshiping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with a right heart. For God is spirit, and he longs to have sincere worshipers who adore him in the realm of spirit and in truth. The truth of God's word isn't a life we were ever expected to perfect. Like, we're not going to perfect it. Only Jesus is perfect. I know we mentioned that. It's, it's another truth. But it doesn't stop us from seeking his will and his way and his perfection. We are to pursue it. So we're not expected to be perfect because only Jesus is perfect. But we are called to pursue that perfection, make that an active. If you're looking for a purpose in life, why don't you make the purpose to be mirroring the actions of Jesus while he walked this earth among us and forgave people and loved people right to the very moment he took his last earthly breath. He was forgiving people and asking God to forgive others, the very others who crucified him. Choosing to compromise our convictions and walking outside of God's will for our own lives too isn't the right thing, is it? So call to pursue God faithfully. Hmm. Because there's times when we might sort of guard our word, guard our steps. If Holy Spirit has said, whoa, pause for a moment, that's one thing. But if you are participating in something that you know is an affront, is a sin, will break and grieve Holy Spirit's heart, compromising that is not the way to go either. And walking outside of God's will for our lives, wow, that is a terrible mistake, terrible mistake. And it leads to emptiness. It leads to the fear responses. It leads to anxiety, disappointment. And when we listen to Holy Spirit and honor him with our lives, even our thought lives, because they're kind of crazy up inside our brains because we think no one else can hear us. We get to walk in wisdom and we get that peace and we literally will have light pour forth from our countenance into another person's heart as we're interacting with them. Even if it's for 10 minutes once or if it's somebody that over the course of two years you spoke to them three times a week. It doesn't matter. It is all God's light pouring forth. And even though we may not be able to control the environment that we're in, whether it's a workplace, a car accident, a prison sentence, a house without electricity, a beautiful mansion that's just being finished, we may not be able to always control the exact environment we're in, but we can certainly control how we ourselves act and how we carry ourselves in the midst of any of those environments. Oh man, God. Man, oh man, oh man. It's kind of an apology I owe him there. I'm sorry, God. My slang isn't appropriate, and I apologize for that. But I'm so grateful that you've given me words to speak. And I'm so grateful that they come jumbled out. And I'm so grateful for the conversation we get to have here. So grateful. 
Ephesians 5, 6 through 10. Don't be fooled by those who speak their empty words and deceptive teachings telling you otherwise. This is what brings God's anger upon the rebellious. Don't listen to them or live like them at all. Once your life was full of sin's darkness, but now you have the very light of our Lord shining through you because of your union with him. Your mission is to live as children flooded with his revelation light. And the supernatural fruits of his light will be seen in you, goodness, righteousness, and truth. And then you will learn to choose what is beautiful to our Lord. Man, even stuff that I write down, I forget. And then I read it. I'm like, oh my goodness, God, thank you for teaching me every moment. I am so sorry that I mumble and stumble. And yet you love me so. It's the same for all of us. He loves Mike as Mike's working away in the office, interacting with people, handling situations with grace, with perseverance. He loves you as you're sitting there trying to contemplate your next move in a career. Maybe you want to move cities. Maybe you're happy staying where you are. In each and every one of those environments, God is with you in it. When you surrender to him, he hangs out. He enjoys that space and that time. He's waiting for you to trust him. And actually, he trusts us, which can you believe it? He trusts mankind. We break his heart. We devastate him. We anger him. But he forgives us, forgives us, forgives us. It does not retaliate in anger. He's the correcting God, the loving God, the forgiving, forgiving, grace-filled God. I mentioned to a dear friend a while back how I'd been noticing that the world is certainly tilted right now. Like that's the best way I could explain it is everything feels a little like sideways tilted and the enemy is really enjoying the latest division that it's playing with. And it feels like we're flamingos, like all pink with what we eat and the information that we're consuming. And yet we're standing off kilter on one leg. Oh man, how we love you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we so need to hear you. God restores. God restores that tilted feeling. He comforts us in disappointment. Please remember these things. Read the Bible. Pray with God and read his word. He is gentle when we feel like an angry mess. He is quiet strength and frustration. He is quiet strength when frustration threatens to overwhelm us. He disarms our best defenses with his persistent grace. He confronts our human pride with his perfect love and he heals our bodies of diseases and stress. He looks for hopeless situations to flood with his hope, his hope that does not disappoint. He gives us the grace to be like him and to overcome our challenges with strength and joy. Amazing. Many of us worship when times are good and we quit when times are challenging because we don't think he's near, but he is. When we sing to him, even when our circumstances aren't song-ish, don't really know of a word for that, we bring glory to him and change in our hearts. Our perspective is corrected. He, he floods us. He floods us. It's literally living water floods us. His presence lets us know that he is faithful and trustworthy and always in control. Wake each day, inviting Holy Spirit to hang out with you. He is waiting for you to open the door. He is waiting for you to open the door to him. Allow him to begin a work of restoration in you. Maybe you need an emotional healing or a physical healing. We all need healing of some sort repeatedly. Maybe you need him to heal a broken relationship or a bent expectation because we all need straightening in God's will and God's way, don't we? Let him do it. 
so trust him. Trust that God's will rules all. Trust that he is in control of the world. Know that he is waiting with us and waiting for us. Determined to stand on the very promise that he will restore all, 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 all things that seem broken when they align with his will and his kingdom. And while you're in the process, praise, praise, praise. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. All that is, all that was, and all that will be. Hebrews 2, 1 through 4. Therefore, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. For the message spoken through angels proved to be so firm that every violation or disobedience received its just penalty. How will we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was first communicated through the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. While God confirmed their witness with signs and wonders in various miracles and gifts of Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Man, that's Jesus. Again with my slang. And yet he forgives me. And I love him so. And I want to hold God's hand and walk down the street skipping like a child. And I want to run to God's arms and have him hold me tight when I've messed up. And I want God to smile when he sees that we're walking in his joy and that we're spending time together. It's a way better perspective to have perspective of chin up, eyes raised on our God, because opposition has a way of dampening our spirits. It discourages us. It tempts us to give up. It abandons the call of God in our lives. So whatever position you find yourself in today, or we find ourselves in this week, let the assurance that God will vindicate you settle and take root into your heart. Dust yourself off and keep going. No weapon formed against us will prosper. And every voice raised up against God's kingdom will be silenced. This is our inheritance as brothers and sisters in Christ. As those who know Jesus as their risen Savior. Amen. 2 Thessalonians 2, 13-17 As for us, we can't help but thank God for you, dear brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord. We are always thankful that God chose you to be among the first to experience salvation, a salvation that came through Holy Spirit who makes you holy and through your belief in the truth who is Jesus. He called you to salvation when we told you the good news and now you can share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. With all these things in mind, dear brothers and sisters, stand firm and keep a strong grip on the Bible and the teaching passed on to you, both in person and by letter. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal comfort and a wonderful hope, comfort you and strengthen you in every good thing you do and say. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here this week, you guys. Thank you. Love you. We'll see you throughout the week. Hop onto our website, Gospel Garage. Um, there's an email link in there if you want to email us. And we're still posting regularly on the website as well. And we love you and we pray for you and we ask for prayer over our household for protection, for discernment, 
to walk forward in this crazy world in peace, for understanding and doing our best to follow God's will and God's plan, whatever that lays out before any of us. Yeah, God, as turmoil and terror, turmoil and terror throughout your earth seem to multiply with every passing day, as the world's hatred of you increases and mankind's animosity towards your children continues to grow, we long, long for that promised time of peace on earth that will only come with Jesus Christ. Forgive us, Lord, for we stray so far from your laws and have discredited your perfect statutes and glorious commandments, God. Yet you love us and give us a chance to repent, repent of our wrongs and be redeemed, God. In a world that is calling evil good and good evil, we repent of our actions, our thoughts, our business choices, our movie choices, our conversations that turn people from you. We repent that anything that damages and severs our relationship with you, God. We cry out to you, Holy Spirit. Help us continue, continue to demonstrate your forgiveness and grace towards all with whom we come in contact. We pray, we pray you look with mercy, God, on those who are still lost and are still blinded by the lies and the deceit of the enemy of the evil one. We pray their hearts are softened to you and that they will seek shelter with you, God waiting with you god give their lives over to you yes lord heavenly father yes we trust you we pray for wisdom and discernment as we travel through this hurting world may your grace and calm continue to fill the hearts and minds of our brothers and sisters in christ and yes those who don't yet know you that they turn to you on their knees realizing the glory that you offer them the beauty from ashes god Equip us all to share that good news of the glorious gospel to any person searching for a peace that only comes from you. May we have our eyes open to every circumstance you place before us. Forgive us for the times we don't see and hear your prompting. Thank you for the opportunity yet again, time and time again, to be part of someone's restoration story and road to salvation, God. We pray hope. We pray healing. We pray protection, we pray deliverance, we pray love, we pray rejoicing, we pray salvation, we pray revival, we pray forgiveness in the glorious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You've been listening to Gospel Garage. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player or visit us at gospelgarage.ca forward slash podcast.